It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. A lot to talk about. Talk some hoops. St. Mary's wins the West Coast Conference Tournament title on the men's side of things, while the BYU women's team wins the women's title. Gonzaga goes home empty-handed. I don't know how many times we can really say that. Got some interesting social media responses we'll talk about on today's show in this first segment as we talk some basketball news and notes. Second segment of the show, I had a chance to speak with BYU assistant head coach, a linebackers coach, and special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb. You'll hear our conversation in the second segment of the show and as we always do we'll wrap up the show with the other news and notes from other BYU teams going on yesterday with results and also some other awards being handed out so there you go the layout of today's show let's get going this is Locked on Cougars for March 13th 2019 over and for the first time since 2012 the St. Mary's Gales are West Coast Conference Tournament champions and they are going to the NCAA tournament. The number one team goes down the first victory over a number one team in school history and St. Mary's is going dancing for the second time in three years. I don't have words. There you go, the final call from St. Mary's upset of number one Gonzaga last night. Thanks to the St. Mary's IMG Sports Network for that audio. Crazy win last night. St. Mary's wins the West Coast Conference Tournament title with a 60-47 victory over number one ranked Gonzaga. Uh, This is a team a month ago, Gonzaga beat St. Mary's by 48 points. This was just crazy to see it all go down in real time. But my hat, uh, tip a cap to what St. Mary's did last night. They shut down Gonzaga. Gonzaga had a bad night shooting. There's, we can freely acknowledge that. But I feel like this was a, a gut punch for BYU fans. Because this is a St. Mary's team that BYU competed against very favorably this season. They split their season series. I felt like BYU stood a good chance in my mind if they were able to advance to the semifinal matchup against St. Mary's that they could advance and play in that final game. But BYU decided, yeah, we're done. We're just going to get boat raced by San Diego and our season may be over. I think it, I literally think it, it, it's something that BYU fans, it just it hurts to see that go down. If you agree, feel free to tweet at me, at LockedOnCougars or at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook, at LockedOnCougars as well. And I just feel like that was a gut punch. And I tweeted out last night, and I'll read my original tweet. It said, St. Mary's just clinched an NCAA tournament bid in a, quote, rebuilding year, unquote. Wonder how that makes BYU fans feel. Well, I didn't necessarily expect you guys to give me all the responses you did, but there were some good ones that came in. Um, one that came in said, first one, NF runner at Timpanogos 83, not good. Then followed up uh, Thomas H. at BYU Apologist. He sent me in a gif of 
the office um, what's the girl in the office I don't watch the office and that's probably an indictment on me but it's a picture of her like just looking sad and crying because it hurts Um, one other thing Cheryl LeBaron at Cheryl LeBaron says terrible the old quote from Charles Barkley so there was I think a lot of BYU fans were hurt by the fact that they saw St. Mary's go out beat Gonzaga and punch their ticket to March Madness because St. Mary's is a team that was very much in a rebuilding mode this year they graduated a ton of seniors off last year's team Jock Landell and that crew but Jordan Ford and company came back and they have really turned into quite the team in the last month of the season like I said about a month ago Gonzaga absolutely crushed St. Mary's by 48 points and then a month later Gonzaga's held to 47 points in a loss to St. Mary's that punches their ticket. Gonzaga's still going to make the NCAA tournament. They're more than likely still going to be a number one seed. They'll be a top four ranked team. They're not going to drop very far in the national rankings. They'll be a number one seed, and they likely could be playing here in Salt Lake potentially. But St. Mary's punches their ticket, and I feel like that really was a thing that BYU fans took hard. A couple other things sent to me on Twitter. Uh, Randy Dodson, at Randy at Fairway, sent this in and says that, and then there's this. He sends me a picture of the all-tournament team for the West Coast Conference Tournament. Well, Isaiah Pinero's on that team, two guys uh, from St. Mary's, and then two guys from Gonzaga. No BYU players making the all-tournament team. That has to hurt. A um, couple other things. Uh, Lugie's dad, at Lugie's dad, like they play in the WCC. I don't know what you're trying to mean by that, Lugie's dad, but here's the deal. St. Mary's is in the big dance, and if you're a BYU fan, that's got to hurt because BYU has made the dance in four years straight now, not, might not even make the NIT. Their season potentially could be over here in a couple of days. And then uh, one other thing here, uh, Mark McCune at Mark L. McCune sends in, I simply can't stand Randy Bennett, but man, can he coach. Hey, I agree with that. Randy Bennett, he may be a, a turd in terms of like the blow-by handshakes when his team gets beat, etc. He's not a very personable and likable dude, but holy smokes, that dude can coach, and my hat goes off to him. So I agree with you there, Mark. So let me know what you think. Does it hurt you that BYU gets blown out by San Diego, and then you turn around and see St. Mary's make a run and punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament by beating Gonzaga? I think it should hurt, plain and simple, because this BYU team, this BYU basketball team, simply decided, yeah, we're done with this. Let's just shut it down for the year. It it was a pathetic, embarrassing effort Saturday night watching them do what they do. Now, the good news for BYU basketball is on the women's side of things. The women's basketball team beat Gonzaga, nationally ranked Gonzaga, for the third time and in the process won the West Coast Conference women's tournament title. BYU is officially going to the NCAA tournament. They got the automatic bid from the WC out of that win over Gonzaga and it's been awesome to see Jeff Judkins and his team truly truly an inspiring team this year they weren't picked to do much of anything I've talked about previously on this podcast how a couple of media members in the BYU media pool had a bet on a over under of I think a 12 and a half wins maybe 11 and a half wins on the year well BYU's firmly over that they've doubled that up and BYU is going to the big dance I think that is an awesome awesome accomplishment. Paisley Johnson was named WCC Tournament MVP. Shaylee Gonzalez made the all-tournament team alongside her. Brenna Chase had 25 points, three steals in the win as she drained seven pointers in the victory last, well I guess it was last night, yesterday afternoon. So 
My hat goes off to Jeff Judkins and his team. That is an incredible effort, an incredible performance. And I think a lot of people should take a little more pride in what the women's basketball team is doing. I know that men's basketball takes all the headlines, etc. But the fact of the matter is the BYU women's basketball team bought into their team this year. They overcame all expectations of them and look at them now they're west coast conference champions that is awesome to see it stands in stark comparison to what the men's basketball team did they felt like they gave up on the season i really feel like that same that san francisco loss took a lot of the wind out of their sails and by the time they got to las vegas they obviously just given up and they're done so Hat goes off to the women's basketball team. I think this is awesome. Uh, BYU had an incredible defensive stretch. I watched this, actually. This is the one stretch of the game I was able to catch most of. Uh, they went on a 16-0 run in the second quarter through the first six minutes of the second quarter in their game to make it a 35-23 advantage, and BYU never looked back after that. So I know that people will say, well, Gonzaga had a couple of starters out, etc. I don't care. It's West Coast Conference Tournament Championship. BYU went out and won the game. Win the games laid out before you. I'm saying this to the BYU men's basketball team. Win your games. Handle your business. Women's basketball did it. Women's basketball did it. Men's basketball did not. I think it's an indictment on Dave Rose's team this year. I feel like they just wanted the season to be over. They'd given up and... I really do feel like St. Mary's doing what they did is really just to turn around and punch you in the gut and be like, ha-ha, the old Nelson reference from, from The Simpsons. It's just a tough deal to, to swallow, tough pill to swallow if you're a BYU fan in my mind. If you agree, let me know. If you don't, tell me why I'm up in the night. But I really feel like the majority of you out there would agree with me that watching St. Mary's do what they did last night really hurts because they were going through that, quote, rebuilding year, but they're still going to March Madness while BYU's Ofer streak in terms of going to the NCAA tournament continues for at least another year. And I'm thinking probably longer because the writing's on the wall. I really feel like people have talk to and everything I'm hearing is that Yoli Childs is leaving, BYU losing another one of their best players for the third straight year following Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant who left BYU with eligibility remaining to go play professionally. Uh, it, it feels like it's almost a no-win scenario for Dave Rose because he'd like his guys to stay there, but he also understands they have an opportunity to make money, so he's not going to prohibit them from doing that, nor can he prohibit them from doing that. But also, he has the expectation and the weight of expectation on his shoulders. You got to make, you've got to make it to the NCAA tournament. This offseason for BYU basketball coming up, whether it starts coming this Sunday after the NCAA tournament field is announced and the NIT field, if BYU doesn't make that tournament field, I don't want them to play in the CIT or the CBI. Does the school really want to pay to continue their season? After that showing against San Diego, I wouldn't. That's just me. So interesting offseason coming up. We'll, of course, be reporting on any all of the details coming out. Jasheer Hardnett officially is transferring from BYU. I know some people reached out to me and said, why didn't I mention on the podcast yesterday? We all knew it was happening. He left the program in the middle of the in the middle of the season, was persuaded to come back, become a graduate transfer, sat out with a hand injury. I didn't really feel like necessarily it was the biggest of news, but he is leaving the program. Yoli Childs is likely out. Dave Rose has re- dealt with roster turnover multiple times in the last couple of years with guys leaving with eligibility remaining or guys just transferring out. He's losing two seniors off this team and McKay Cannon and Luke Worthington. The BYU basketball team next year could have a very interesting look and I'm not sure I would be expecting an NCAA tournament berth out of the 2019-2020 team. 
that's just me. Of course, like I said, we'll track everything going on this offseason and everything else going on with BYU basketball as it rolls forward, but my hat goes off to the women's basketball team. Awesome to see Jeff Judkins' squad win that. Uh, you got to give big congratulations to Paisley Johnson, Brenna Chase, and Shaylee Gonzalez for their play, uh, making those all tournament teams. Just awesome to see. But uh, we'll be back on the other side. We're going to switch gears and talk some BYU football. I had a chance to catch up with BYU assistant head coach Ed Lamb, talk a lot about his linebacking core, about the team overall, and even some special teams notes. So we'll get to all that conversation next, break that down for you. You've been listening to Locked On Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. are locked on Cougars and a reminder for you guys when you're out and about driving in your vehicle making your daily errands your commute to work to or from work I guess I should say I want you guys to use your personal assistant in, on, in your car whether that's your phone or it's integrated into your vehicle use it to listen to this podcast we all use our personal assistants to make phone calls send text messages do all the different things we need to do while we're driving but guess what you also can make it so you have, are always up to date with the latest in BYU news by simply telling your personal assistant play podcast locked on cougars do it right when you get in your vehicle we try and keep this podcast short and brief under 30 minutes ideally so that way it's bite size you're able to handle it most people's commutes are 30 minutes or less so you can make sure you get all of the news you need to know each and every day about byu sports so tell your personal assistant when you get in your vehicle play podcast locked on cougars All right, I mentioned before the break we were going to talk with BYU assistant head coach Ed Lamb. That's exactly what we're going to do here. Of course, he coaches the linebacking core for BYU, some significant turnover at that position group. Six seniors graduating, Sione Takitaki, looking like he's going to make himself into an NFL draft pick. He's going to have to replace a lot of guys. Chaz Aw, you have talked about previously, is probably the best linebacker in spring ball so far. I've been really impressed with what he's able to do. So we caught up and talked with Ed Lamb about the linebacking core. Also, talk to him about seeing guys like a Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki advance, go to the NFL Combine and show well there, how much, how gratifying that is for him as a coach. And we even get into some special teams notes. So here you go, Ed Lamb, BYU assistant head coach, special teams coordinator and linebackers coach with me right here on Locked on Cougars. You graduated six linebackers last year. Just looking at the rosters, a lot of, guys, a lot of names there. Is this spring period going to be very important to kind of like filtering out who you really expect to contribute this summer on in the fall camp? It is, yeah. And we've actually started out in nickel defense, so we have, uh, we're eight deep right now because we only have two spots on the field. So there's a lot of guys. It's just a lot of unproven guys. You know, like proven, I guess, is a it, – it depends on what you call proven, right? There's a lot of guys that are really excited about their athleticism. I'm excited about what they did in high school. Um, but for the most part, the guys that are on the field right now in spring ball are unproven in a college football game. Isaiah Kafusi is one of those guys that kind of broke out last year. Are you kind of expecting him to lead this group? 
Yeah, he, he is uh, Zane uh, Anderson as well. Those guys have played significantly. Zane, you know, doesn't have all of the starts under his belt at linebacker, but he's got a lot of starts at safety under his belt. He's, that's a guy that really knows what it takes to prepare for a game and, and be a winning player in a game. So feel really good with those two guys anchoring the outside. That flash linebacker position, when you guys are in that nickel, do those guys work with you, or is that working with the DB coaches? Uh, they, they do. It's, um, it's really about... Uh, what the game plan is that particular week. So, t- so typically, if it's more of a, sometimes our nickel will be just a, a, a fast linebacker. Sometimes our nickel will be an actual corner. Sometimes our nickel will be a safety. So we usually try to keep them in the room that they're in. But then, whether we're playing more of a man or zone base, too, might have to do with who's actually coaching. We've seen Troy in that spot. What about him excites you there? Uh, well, Troy's a smart football player. He's, he's super agile. He's he's one of the he's. Um, you know, comparable to his brother in a way that he's just very fluid and things come very natural to him. So he's a guy that can watch video of something and then apply it on the field very quickly. And that's critical at nickel because it's a, you know, it's a lot of new learning in a hurry sometimes in the middle of the season. Did you have a chance to watch Sione over the weekend? Oh, I did, yes. Yeah. Like, for you as a coach, how gratifying is that to see guys like him, Fred the year before and then him do this at that level? Yeah, especially for uh, for Shiona because I knew what his uh, goals were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 12 months ago at this time, it didn't seem like some of those goals were realistic if, if you didn't know him and, and know what he was capable of. But uh, to see him actually get and create the opportunities and then make the best of those opportunities up to this point, it's just been, it's been really exciting. Move over to special teams for a moment here. You've got two kickers. Jake Oldroyd, of course, is back off a of mission. You also have Skyler from last year. We've seen them also working a little bit at punters. This is going to be a, just kind of a period of okay, what what you do best, and then we'll put you in that spot. It is, you know, spring ball for every position. I think is, you know, we don't want to as coaches uh, discount a guy who thinks he can play in a, in a position. And so there's a lot of flexibility right now with what the players want. We want them to take control of their career. So offensive and defensive moves, position by position moves. And and if one of the specialists feel like they can bring some utility to the team by playing a, another position, then we want to give them the chance to do that. In three or four days, we'll really start to narrow down and, and say, well, you know, that was your chance and you didn't, you didn't quite make good on it. With a guy like Danny Jones, we've seen you, you. You said in the past the rugby puns. What you kind of prefer was just how the college rules are set up. Do you like the fact that you can do both? Or are you still more preferential to go with that rugby set? I think. I think you just said it well. Uh, the if if a guy can only do one of those, I would probably prefer the rollout because it's it's easier to protect and easier to cover. And uh, most of the top punt teams in the country, unless there's a real pro prospect. Uh, at the punter position are using that when you look at the top teams in net punt. But, uh, you know, Danny's a guy who can do both of those, and so we want to work a little bit of both. And some of the other guys out there working right now, they can do both as well. What about returner? Is it just going to be by committee for the time being, see who filters themselves into the top? Yeah, I mean, we, we have – Levy Hufo has been kind of off and on injured, and, and some of those injuries have, have allowed him to play through at receiver but not necessarily at returner. And so he hasn't been consistently our guy, but we've liked what he's done at both kickoff returner and punt returner when he's had the opportunity. And then the rest of it is a lot of unproven guys that, uh, that think they can do it, and we're going to be watching closely over the next couple of weeks.
Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thank you. There you go, Ed Lamb. Thank him for taking the time. And you heard him say it's going to be an opportunity here for these linebackers to really show what they can do in spring ball, kind of get, I guess, a preliminary depth chart set up. I feel like Chaz Ayu has definitely put his name in ink on that depth chart. Isaiah Kafusi is probably already in ink. He'll be coming off an injury. But guys like Jackson Kafusi, Max Tooley, they've got opportunities here in spring ball to really make an impression and make sure that they have the opportunity to play in 2019. Uh, there's a lot of roster turnover. Uh, Coach Lamb also talked about the special teams. He feels like there's versatility with the specialists, guys who can kick and punt. Danny Jones is interesting to me. He's a big-bodied athlete. He played Australian rules football. If Danny Jones isn't able to lock down the punter position, I want to see BYU move him to another position and see if he can play football elsewhere. Maybe play a tight end. Maybe play a linebacker because he's six foot four, 220, 230 pounds. He looks every bit the part of an athlete, not necessarily a punter. And I know these Australian rules punters, they played Aussie rules football, which requires a certain amount of athleticism, etc. We all think of punters and kickers being kind of the non-athletic guys that just kick the ball. But Danny Jones could be interesting. I know that Skylar Southam and Jake Oldroyd are engaged in a pretty heated battle at kicker, but both of them also working out at punter. We'll see how it all shakes out, but you heard Ed Lamb talk about that. He likes the versatility that they can do both things, and we'll see who wins those battles. All right, once again, thanks to Ed Lamb for taking the time to speak with me. It's good to always catch up with him. He's one of the most insightful coaches on this BYU staff, which has a number of insightful coaches, but I really feel like Coach Lamb is very forthcoming. He's very straightforward. He gives you good answers, and I thank him for taking the time to join us here on Locked on Cougars. We'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. The men's and women's golf teams finished up their action in their respective tournaments yesterday. BYU baseball won their sixth straight. We'll talk about all that next right here on the podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Alright, as we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome on in. Hopefully you find it of worth. You come back each and every day for the latest in BYU news with myself, Jake Hatch, your host here. Uh, thanks again for taking the time. It's a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day and share with your family and friends. Feel free to tweet it out on social media. Let people know that this podcast exists. We're about six months into this venture and not slowing down anytime soon. We're almost up to 150 episodes, which is absolutely wild to think about, but it's been a a pleasure and a blast to bring this to you each and every day. All right, running down some of the other news and notes coming out of BYU Sports. I failed to mention this in the first segment, but for the second straight season, Yoli Childs has been named to the U.S. Basketball Writers Association All-District 8 team. Congratulations to Yoli. It includes uh, institutions in Division 1 from Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming. So congratulations to Childs. He's also an All-West Coast 
Conference first team honoree. He averaged 21.2 points, 9.7 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and one block per game this season. We'll see if his season is going to continue. We don't know quite yet until the NIT field is announced this coming weekend. Um, some other news. BYU Baseball, I mentioned before the break, won their sixth straight. They took down Niagara 11-5 to yesterday. A game that was scheduled and played within 26 hours. It's cool to see that put together after they, after Niagara was out here in Utah to face uh, the Utes and had their, some games canceled. They wanted to get some extra games. BYU's back at home. They opened West Coast Conference play this week with a three game with a three game series against Gonzaga at Miller Park. That'll begin tomorrow at six o'clock Mountain Time. If you want to go out and watch that, hopefully the snow and bad weather along the Wasatch Front clears out relatively quickly and they get those games in. Uh, the number 25 ranked BYU men tennis team. They dropped back down in the rankings a little bit despite their win over Boise State, but they swept West Coast Conference Player of the Week honors with Matthew Pierce and Mateo Vero Melendez as the doubles team of the week and Jeffrey Shu was honors, honored as single play, singles player of the week. So congratulations. Big honors for the men's tennis team ranked in the top 25. It's awesome to see what they're doing and best of luck to them as they continue to press forward. Men's and women's golf finished up action in their respective tournaments yesterday. Anna Kennedy finished in 11th place to help BYU women's golf to a fifth place finish at the BYU at Entrada Classic yesterday. So congratulations to the women's golf team. A decent showing there. Um, Alicia May Mateo finished tied for 21st and Rose Huang was tied for 32nd. Kent State won the tournament. You don't see this very often, but they won by a full four strokes over Texas Tech with a minus three overall score. BYU finishing in fifth place a plus 31. So that's a full 34 strokes behind the Kent State Golden Flashes. Hats off to Kent State. That's a great showing. Men's golf was out in San Francisco at the Olympic um, at the Olympic Club. Rhett Rasmussen had a strong tournament. He finished in fourth place and helping BYU finish in fourth place as well as a team at the Olympic Club Intercollegiate on Tuesday. Rasmussen finished two under par for the tournament, tied for fourth. Peter Quest finished one over, tied for ninth. So some good showings from BYU's top two golfers. Congratulations to them on the, they finished tied for fourth at plus 16 with host to San Francisco. Nevada won the tournament at three under par. Uh, BYU men's golf is back in action later this month at the Goodwin Invitational at Stanford. That began on March 28th. The women's team, I probably should mention, this is next in action uh, next week. They're in, in out in Mexico, actually, at the Hawkeye El Tigre Invitational. So they get to go south of the border. So best of luck to them in that tournament. We'll keep you updated with any and all news coming out of those two teams like we always do. Our goal here is to keep you updated on everything BYU sports. We'll be back tomorrow. More on BYU football. Getting ready for day seven of BYU spring football. We'll be out there tomorrow to watch the team once again. We'll have some more interviews for you as we always do. And we'll also be recapping everything else going on in BYU sports. Thanks again for your continued support of the podcast. A reminder for you when you get in the car, simply tell your personal assistant, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll have the latest BYU news right there for you when you're that captive audience in the vehicle. You always want to keep up to date. A lot of people listen to the radio. I'm a big podcast listener myself. That's why I enjoy doing this podcast. So I'd encourage you guys, make sure you're always up to date and simply tell your personal assistant once you get in your car, plug it in and say, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and you'll always have the latest and greatest in BYU news right here with the Locked On Cougars podcast. Thanks again for joining me back tomorrow on a Thursday edition of the show. I've got an interview we need to play from BYU football. I probably should tease this ahead of time. And that is with Zach Dobb. 
BYU defensive tackle. He's now moved over to defensive end. He explains the move and also why he feels like it fits him best. So we'll have that on tomorrow's podcast for you. Thanks again for your continued support. Like I've said previously, and I'll continue to stay multiple times as we continue on with this podcast, but it is a blast to bring this to you. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for March 13th, 2019. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.